Hello, wonderful people, and welcome to Bad Thought Therapy. I'm Sheree Hardy, and I just want to start off by thanking you for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to my podcast. I pray that this is a blessing to you, and I know you have been, you know, if you live with your eyes wide open, you've seen quite a few shocking things in the media. Everything is sort of spreading around the internet. And a lot of the things, salacious, dark things that are being shared are sex related. And as an educator, I've been an educator for over 30 years. I've worked with young people. I've always been concerned about things that start when people are very young. And it's incredibly hard to, once you get a foundation in something, it's very hard to tear down that foundation and then rebuild. So when I first thought about doing this, I thought about just doing it for young people because I'm so deeply concerned about people pushing practices on them where they literally have to override pain. You know, sex can be pleasurable, but it can also be very painful. And it it just breaks my heart because anytime you have pain, from physically, in a physical act, or any other way, that is an indication that something is wrong. The body is saying, it's shouting, hey, don't do this. And yet you have people encouraging others to engage in practices that not only cause pain and suffering and agony, but death. So I want to talk about the dark side of sex. I also want to just kind of talk about some solutions Um, I am not coming here to judge anybody or to condemn anybody. I cannot do that. I cannot afford to do that. I come as an agent of light and I come sharing what I've learned myself. And I, you know, I just want to let people know that they don't have to suffer needlessly. And just one moment of pain, pleasure is not worth a whole lifetime of pain. It's not worth it at all. So I'm going to say that this is an episode that should be for mature audiences only because some things might be a little graphic, although I'm not going to go that deep, just don't want to go that deep because it's really not about the acts itself. What it's about is the principles and the ideas and the values that lead to people misusing and abusing their bodies in a way that again, lead to death. And not only death of the physical body, but we're talking about the soul. And I know, you know, some people don't want to deal with this, but we have to. Because, I, you know, I, I shared with you all a very personal story that four years ago, I lost my sister, one of my sisters. And after her death, of course, we all grieved and we all grieved in our own way. But... I just, I, I, I became more interested in, okay, what happens when we leave this earth? And I spent months on researching like pre-death phenomenon and, you know, near-death experiences. And I'm telling you, I have concluded that this is just a pause, that this physical life that we have now is simply a comma in our real life, which is eternal life somewhere. And I am convinced that what we do here today 
is what determines what life will be afterwards. And I would tell anybody, don't play with that. I, I would tell anybody, young, middle-aged, and old, don't play with it. I'm not playing with it. I didn't play with it before, but after her death, it really made, it just intensified my understanding that we really do need to be concerned about the state of our souls and the relationship that we have with God. Because ultimately, the relationship that we have with Him is the most important relationship that we can ever have. And that's what all of these issues are about, everything that you see that has gone viral on the internet. This is really about relationship with God. That's what it's all about. And until we begin to go back to Him, and I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about religion, but I'm talking about righteousness according to God, not according to man, because man has created religion and it has also jacked up a whole lot of people so I'm not going to get into that this episode but I've done quite a few episodes about this so let's get started again I want to just put a disclaimer on here a warning on here that this is for mature audiences only and I ask that you be 18 or older and so I am going to talk about the dark side of sex with the hopes that Somebody, and if it's just one person, will start to assess their values and their thoughts about sex. And as a result of that, they will transform their lives. And they will let go of letting lust and hedonism have total control over everything they do. So that is my prayer. That is what I hope for you with love. I want to start with a very powerful scripture, and before I do, I have to say, I have talked a lot about the misuse and the abuse of the Holy Bible, and I cannot emphasize enough that when you don't know how to use the Bible and you don't understand how to use it, it can be a very dangerous thing. But if you understand that the Bible is not a book that just fell out of the sky, that it was written by men. It is It is a compilation of stories about people and about how they lived and their relationship with God during a certain period of time. And it's about men who wrote things and, and shared biographies. Then when you understand that that's how the Bible came to be and you understand that we are to take life lessons and we are to glean principles and then apply those principles and life lessons to our lives. If you use it in the right way, it is powerful. So I just want to say that before I read this scripture, because generally I don't like to <clears throat> take scriptures out of context. I'm not a person that just says, okay, here's a scripture for this and here's a scripture for that. I believe, I, and in fact, I encourage people that if you're going to read something, read a chapter in its entirety. Know something about the author, which most authors in the Bible, if the truth be told, they're really unknown um, theologians and historians have made some inferences about the authors, but just, just kind of know the context that you're reading to have better understanding. But this scripture right here is so clear and plain. <clears throat> if you miss it, then I'm going to pray for you a little harder. So here it is. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Mm. So powerful, so true. Bad thought therapy is all about helping you understand that every single thing you do first starts with a thought. When you can clean your thoughts, when you can heal your thoughts, when you can let go of certain toxic thoughts, that is when your life can be constructively transformed. So if you have a mind fixated on just pleasuring yourself, like every, I I know a person, I just absolutely know a person, from the time he wakes up to the time he goes to bed at night, the only thing that he is thinking of is his flesh. And this is a person who probably could have invented something that could change mankind. But when the enemy gets a grip on you and you will not, fight him, you're fighting everybody but the devil, then you can never fulfill your divine purpose. And it's all about the thoughts. You have to understand that God did not put us here, even though we're we're souls and we're in a body, we're, we're spiritual, we're spirits in a human body. God did not just put us here for the body. God put us here to serve and to build his kingdom. And yes, we are, as humans, we're we're made of flesh. We're carnal beings. But the goal is not to let our carnality have complete dominance over us where it dictates everything we do. We can be in control. And throughout Bad Thought, when I started Bad Thought Therapy two years ago, one of the things I, I used as an illustration to try to help people understand what I was saying was that imagine a television screen. My television is off right now. But if I were to turn it on, I control what thoughts are going to play out on that television. I turn it on with the remote control. I can press the stop button. I can press a button that will change the channel. We have that ability to do that with our thoughts. Because in the end, here's the thing. When you let your flesh dictate everything not only is there pain but there is agony and suffering that we don't have to go through and there is a pre-death there is this state and I would often say I would call say they're like zombies it's like you're alive but you're dead and you're not because and you're just going through the motions of getting up going to bed but all you're thinking about is your flesh and so therefore you can't create you can't serve you 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 can't help anybody you can't be happy but when you get your minds on mind on the things of god and you make a decision and you draw a line in the sand and say for god i will live and for god i will die and i will not let the enemy take me to a place of eternal damnation after this life, but while I'm here, I want to have the best life I can. That is when you will see a change in your life. And so many people, and I know, you know, you know, sex can be good, but it's not that good for you. There's no disease that you can say you have and then, oh, it was worth that moment that you got it. Nobody can say that. The pain and suffering that people are going through 
every single day. And at the same time, simultaneously, and this is what blows my mind, they are promoting practices that cause that pain because they are overriding what is natural for the body. And it hurts to do those things, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally because you were never meant to do them. And there is something in us. There's like this monitor, spiritual monitor in us. We, we really know right from wrong. It's, we're, we're, it's born, it's innate inside of us. So when you don't, when you override that monitor and you go on and you do these things, there is not only the physical pain, but there is a spiritual and emotional pain. And that is why so many people are now dealing with mental illness. They're dealing with depression because sex is not just a physical act. And I know I'm not the first person to say that, you know, I'm not, I won't be the last person. It's not. And really, you don't have to be a social scientist or a psychologist or somebody deep to know that. It almost goes without saying. It's also a very spiritual act. And when you take off your clothes and you share your body with another human being, I don't even know if you can be more intimate than that in terms of physical. And it's not worth you getting a second of pleasure for a lifetime of pain and suffering and agony. It's not worth it. And I'm going to talk about how you can stop that because it doesn't have to be that way. And I'm telling you to see that, and I've seen it up close and personal, where a person, when they leave this earth, the probably the thing they will have the most of is porn. That's how they're going to walk. That's how they're going to leave because it's no nobody can tell them they, if they didn't get it, if they can't turn away and, and they know that they're wrong and they've overridden all the pain and suffering, if they will just let the devil, they have a reprobate mind now, and they will let the devil beat the hell out of them, then there's nothing that anyone can say. And it is tragic to see. It is painful to know. But it does not have to happen to you. And so that's why I'm doing this episode is for somebody who is tired of struggling with this dimension of their lives. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to struggle anymore. You're going to get answers to know how to stop this struggle and to live with a spiritual mind so that you can have joy, you can have peace, you can be productive, you can create, you can laugh and you can do good and be good and all those wonderful things. I live in Atlanta, and, um, you know, Atlanta's on the top 10 in the United States of cities with um, very alarming numbers of people who have sexually transmitted diseases. And as I said before, you know, we've talked about the physical pain that goes with that, the not only the physical pain, but the mental and emotional anguish of having to, you know, go to the doctor, get on medication, and um, deal with that. And no amount of pleasure is worth it, but it's happening. And then ultimately, many people are dying because they are, number one, they're having sex that is separate from love. And I, I, I've been in a lot of personal conversations about this. 
And I know some people don't agree. There are people who just feel like, you know, sex is natural. So if you want to have it, just go ahead on and have it with anybody, anywhere, any kind of way. But I am convinced that God never, ever meant for love and sex to be separated. In other words, he created sex for a man and a woman who love each other and who respect each other and who um, are committed to one another and understand that having sex outside of that creates so many problems. And so that's the dark side of sex. The number one thing is that people get these sexually transmitted diseases. Sometimes they know that they have the disease and they go out there and they find somebody to have sex with knowing that they have it so they continue to spread it or they don't know that they have it but again this fixation on the flesh um, leads them to go into some of the dark crevices of our communities and just have sex anywhere with anyone and you know we're we're hearing about all these entertainers doing some just downright dirty things but the reality is it happens with people who are not well known. It, it happens outside the entertainment world thousands and thousands of times. And as a result of that, we have sexually transmitted diseases. It just, you know, it's, it's basic science that when you're having sex, you know, you're sharing your bodily fluids, your skin is touching um, another person's skin. So whatever they have on their skin um, then you have the situation where whatever a person is intaking in their body and, you know, that can affect your body, especially for women, if a man ejaculates in you or whatever they have in their mouth. It, it's, I told you this is for mature audiences only, but it's not worth it. But, you know, just imagine if you and another person, you a man or woman, were to commit to one another and really love one another and understand that sex is a gift and it's only a gift when a man and a woman are in a committed relationship that is authorized by God. Now I'm not necessarily, this is going to sound a little crazy, I'm not necessarily talking about one where you've, you know, gone to the courthouse or, but I'm talking about one where you are, it's monogamous. And, you know, I've been in some interesting conversations with people. There are people who believe and I hate to use the word polyamorous or, you know, polygamous because that those terms have amor in it, which means love. And a lot of times these relationships where there are, it's usually one man and multiple women, it's not about love. It really is about lust. But again, religion and bad religion, not religion, I want to just go back for a second. Bad religion and has caused so many problems and it has distorted people's values about what's right and what's wrong. So if you're reading a book where people of a particular culture during a particular time had harems and they had concubines and they had more than one wife, they practiced polygamy and you think, okay, because they did this thousands of years ago, then it means that it's okay for me to do then you you carry that mindset and you you got that going on too you got people just out here and they they want to hear them and it has nothing to do with love because it's, it's so hard to even have a close beautiful intimate relationship with one person so you, you know and some people will just admit that they want those multiple partners because 
they want to be able to have, you know, pleasure. And they they feel like they need it. And so I, I'm just convinced that <clears throat> when we get right with God, it takes more spiritual discipline to have one single partner and to love that person <clears throat> and to cherish that person where that sex can be good and it can be safe than it does to just go out here and just, you know, I have a physical need and I go out here and I just do what I need to do. And when it becomes like this, this is why we have so much perversion in the world. If it's like that, if it's just about fulfilling that desire and that lust, then it becomes, I can have sex with anybody, anything. It just becomes insane. And that is how the enemy snares people's minds and thoughts. And I'm going to just say with complete authority, God did not mean for that. God wanted us to have one single person. He wanted a man and a woman to come together. He's made our bodies perfectly the way we are made through anatomy, biologically, was perfect for one another. But when you bring in all these different people, but now what you're enduring, doing is you're just increasing the chances for diseases. Because we're talking about sex involves bodily fluids. It involves skin. It involves so many different things. And um, and it's it's unfortunate. Again, I live in Atlanta. You got, you know, we're, I think that last time I looked, we were like number seven because I was just trying to tell my students they need to be careful out here. Um, I teach all girls, and I just want those girls to be safe. And so I just want to put that out there, and it's it's more to life. Before I keep going, I, I've, I've said this on many different pod, uh, podcast episodes if you've listened to me. The number one thing that we have to do, and it's the most important thing in life, is to have a relationship with God, a personal relationship. I can't get to know a person by talking to somebody else. I get to know a person by talking to that person. And by talking to that person and having experiences with that person, I get to know that person more. I get to have a level of intimacy. Our relationship with God is similar in the sense that we have to every single day communicate with God. And there's a word for that that we use in religion. It's simply prayer where we are talking and we're listening to God every single day because God is real. He's real. He's a spirit and he's real, but he wants to talk to you. He's not a gangster. He's not in the mafia. He's not going to make you do it. He's not going to twist your arm. It's something that each person has to do voluntarily, willingly. God does not want to force himself on you. Because if he did, he'd be like a gangster. He wouldn't be a gentleman. And so we have to talk to God. And I'm convinced that when you ask God to come in your life, when you tell God you're tired of living with your, letting your flesh control everything you do with your life, you're tired of sinning against him and you want your mind to be healed and to be spiritually minded, he will heal you. He is the doctor of all doctors. He is the chief doctor. You know how you go to a hospital and they got the chief surgeon and they got all the, no, God is the chief doctor and he will heal your mind and he will heal your heart 
And I even believe he can heal your body. You know, there are people who have had different diseases and they've had miraculous healings. But I just believe that God does not want you to go through physical pain, emotional and mental just suffering for no reason. And there's a lot of suffering that is sexually connected. And this sex-related suffering can end. And it starts with that. And so every day of your life, turn off everything. Get by yourself and pray and ask God for strength. And then, you know, faith without work is dead. And I remember one time, this was some years ago, I met this young man. I was doing a book signing and he came and he got a book or he made a donation. And I talked to him and, you know, I got a lot of information from him. And one day I asked him, how was it that he wasn't so hypersexualized because I you know I was sort of fascinated like oh he seemed so disciplined and controlled and he said when he was younger he would feed himself you know with sex watching porn and and he would you know that's why he thought about it all day so again if you watch something it's going to be in your mind forever what you listen to it's always stored there and so many of our young men and women have been influenced by this genre of media and it's intentional to snare you. We have no business watching other people have sex. We just, that's personal and private. And we don't need to watch other people do it because it is a spiritual act too. It's not just physical. But I asked this young man about it and he, I was really impressed because it just made so much sense. Two plus two is four. If you're watching porn all day, you're going to be thinking about sex all day. And again, I know a person from the time he wakes up until the time he goes to bed, that's all he wants to do. And as a result of that, that enemy got him. So he could not be everything he wanted to be. And then it took him to a very dark place where he wanted to, you know, do all kinds of sexually dark things. And it does not have to be that way. And so I, I, I just want to encourage you. That's the key. No one can save you from this but God. Nobody. You, you've got to go to the one who made the stars, the moon, and the planet. you got to go to him. And you have to surrender. And it doesn't matter what you've already done. And this is the thing I emphasize. I try to emphasize this in every episode. When you go to a person and you tell them, your secrets and your problems, they can tell somebody else. That's what's happening now. People are now telling secrets. But with God, you never have to, you never have to ever have to worry about your secrets being out in the streets because you, you may not want them out there. You might not have been able to heal from guilt or shame. You don't have to worry about making an appointment. You can talk to him 20 four hours a day, seven days a week. They're 1,440 minutes in a day. And you have access to God all of those minutes. You don't have to worry about being judged. You don't have to be worried about being put down. You can just pour out your heart to God. He wants to listen. He's a gentleman. And he's just waiting to open the door for you. And if you knock on his door, he shall open it. And he will invite you in. And you can sit and fellowship with him spiritually. And it is so beautiful. 
And then when he begins to heal your thoughts, you begin to see sickness for sickness, evil for evil. See, the way that number one way the enemy gets us, and I cannot say this enough, is through deception. He presents things that, depending on your mind and who you are and your experiences, that may appear right on the surface. Um, they may appear like they're going to be um, feel good, but in the end, it's going to cause disease, mental disease, emotional disease, and physically physical diseases. And then when you go to the doctor and you get these sexually transmitted diseases, you're going to have to take some kind of medication, sometimes for the rest of your life. Sometimes there are side effects. There are just so many layers of suffering that you can't avoid. And it starts with going to the Most High God. Let today be the last day that you let that spirit of lust have power and control over you. Take back your power. Draw a line in the sand and say, enough is enough, enemy. I'm tired of you. I rebuke you and submit to God and resist the enemy because he's never going to leave us alone. That's the thing. He's always going to be like a little snake, slithering around, ready to strike. And you got to be ready. You just have to be ready because this is the reality that we are carnal. We are flesh, but we don't let our carnality be what dominates and controls what we do. Here is another dark side or aspect of sex, and um, that is unwanted pregnancy, where people engage in sexual intercourse, and because, again, they're not committed, they don't love one another, a child is born or a child, a woman gets pregnant, because what people don't know is that homicide is the number one cause of death for pregnant women. A lot of people don't realize that homicide. When Whenever a woman gets pregnant and a man really doesn't want to have that child, he might have enjoyed having sex, but he didn't want to have the responsibility of having a child. Sometimes it's just having a child with that particular woman. Oh my goodness, that creates so many different issues. Not only is her physical life now more at risk, but the baby's life is at risk. And then when that child is born, because that man didn't love her in the first place, many men are not going to just love their child. And then because there was no love, that man and that woman can't co-parent and say, okay, we didn't love each other and we gave in to our flesh and, and now this child is here. Let's try to come together. Let's try to do the right thing. That rarely happens. And so now you have a child that grows up without a father or without a mother sometimes, but usually it's without a father. And again, because some men are so fixated on sex, they wanted to have sex and they, you know, gave into their lust or they was with that woman just using her, you know, getting whatever he could get until he could get in a better situation. Here she is pregnant and now you have innocent child, an innocent child or innocent children suffering. 
Because even though children can be happy, and I'm going to do a podcast about this, there are people who can be happy and have one parent because children don't need a good father. I mean, children don't need a father. They need a good father. A lot of people say, well, children need a father. No, they need a good father. Children need a good father. And so, you know, their children growing up, but there's still something in them where they want to, because they know naturally it takes a man and a woman to produce a child. There's something in us where we naturally yearn to have that other parent, the one that's missing. Now we can go on, we can be ha- we can be healthy, and we can even be happy with God's help because it's all about again our relationship with God. But that's not the original blueprint that God had for families. He wanted children to be able to grow up in a home where they have a healthy father, healthy mother, and that these people are righteous. And they will give them the love. His love comes through them. Because we don't come from our parents. We come through our parents. We come from God. And so he wants them, that he gives children to people to be stewards over his children. And he wants us to love them and protect them. And he will, and I'm telling you what I know, when a man will stand up and he will take care of his children, people don't understand there's a special blessing that goes with any man who would take care of his children. And then there's a triple portion when he will be a noble father and he would take care of his children. And so many men are missing out. They give in and we give in. It's not just men. Men and women give in to their lust. Woman is pregnant. If she doesn't want that baby, she's going to try to end the pregnancy. If she does want the baby and the baby is born, but the man doesn't want the child or he's not going to do the right thing, it creates a lot of problems because once you have a child, there are a lot of responsibilities that go with that. There are financial responsibilities. There are things you have to do and be to be the best parent you can be. You can't give your child anything you don't have. So if you're not wise, you can't give your child wisdom. And that's what's happening. A lot of young men are growing up in homes if they do have a father you know some of the things that they're learning are not really healthy so it's not about having a father it's about having a good father you imagine growing up with a father and he's addicted to porn and he's about all about hedonism and then he's going to teach that to his child and that has almost become like a rite of passage for young boys to watch this stuff that is causing so many issues So unwanted pregnancy, that's another dark side of sex. And again, I recommend because the woman is the one who has to carry that child. I strongly recommend it. Again, I'm talking from my heart, from personal experience. You don't want to have a child with someone that doesn't love you. You don't want to have a child with someone and they are, you know, they're into a lot of perverted stuff. And you put your child at risk. You put yourself at risk for so many different things. And it's just not worth it. And it's, and, and I, I know, you know, I'm almost 60 years old, but there was a time in my life when I just wanted to be a wife and a mother. I wanted to have a family that was an ideal. I thought that that was what God wanted for me. Um, I didn't understand what I understand now, that what he wanted me to do was to make sure that I was in a committed relationship with a righteous man, with a spiritually minded man, not someone who was going to be fixated 
on his flesh. That's not what God wanted for me because it, it, he wasn't going to be able to be the kind of person that I needed. And, um, and so that's why so many children suffer today. And even if they don't, even if they can heal and move forward, I'm not saying it's a, you know, doom and gloom because the father wasn't there or the mother wasn't there, but it does have an impact. And it, it is a painful thing. And again, we need to go to God. We need to, you know, we need to, to cry out to him. And if you're pregnant right now, more than ever, I'm just going to encourage you to lean on the most high God because he will provide for you. He will give you, take care of that child better than you could ever imagine or think. And God may have to be the father of your child, but I'm a witness that he will take care of you and he will bless you. When a man doesn't step up, you have, I know it's easy. I know you can get, it's easy to get fixated on the man, but you have to shift your focus to God. Because at that point, if a man is not going to take care of his child, you, if he would do that, that's, that's his flesh and blood. And if a man is that gone, if his mind is, a, is in a reprobate state and he's just not going to do it, then you don't want him around your child anyway. Because then it is no telling what he would do. That is why I raised my daughter that God would be her father. And that whatever, she, most of her friends had a mother and father. And I told her, I said, you will not have less. You will not have less. You will not be less. Uh, I leaned on the Lord. And I, I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Lean on the Lord. He is real. But this is a consequence, you know. And it's so, so, so painful. Here is another really, really um, dark side of sex, and that is betrayal and infidelity. I cannot say this enough. If I said it a thousand times, it just wouldn't be adequate enough that God never intended for sex and love to be outside of a... Um, and he wanted he didn't want sex to be separated from love. He never wanted us to engage in this outside of a committed relationship. And whenever you are in a committed relationship and two people genuinely love each other and they respect each other and they understand that there is a blessing on a relationship when you commit to that person and that person commits to you and you really become as one there are blessings upon blessings upon blessings that fall in that relationship. Unfortunately, so many people go outside of their committed relationships and it's, it's almost always it's for lust. It's because of something fleshly or it's for some other thing, and it, it, but it has nothing to do with God and it creates so many problems. And I, I watch a lot of crime shows. And, you know, when I think about the two things, the, the number one thing, usually it's money when somebody is killed and, you know, in these shows. But the other one is sex. A lot of the crimes where homicides, where people are being killed and people plot to kill people, it's it all boils down to they wanted to be able or they thought they would be able to have just simply pleasure to the point where they would end a life 
a life that God breathed into, they would take a life because of sex. Because their wife or their husband wasn't, um, I guess, doing whatever they thought they needed. Instead of just saying, you know, I have to let this relationship go. And then I may try to pursue, you know, something else. But instead of that, they just go ahead on while they're still married legally. And they go outside of that. And then you start playing with people's feelings and somebody can get killed. And then here's another thing, you know, you're in a committed relationship. One person, let's say the woman, you know, she's so devoted and dedicated to her husband. But he's out there and he's having sex with men and women. And then these men and women know that he's married. And they may try to eliminate that wife. And this happens every day, all day. And they're like, no, you know, I'm going to eliminate your wife. Or the husband will eventually say, well, I I don't want to get a divorce. I'd rather kill her. I just, sometimes I, I still, it blows my mind I, they, when people think like this, but this is uh, the way a lot of people think. I'd rather kill her than have a divorce. In, in their, and this is what the devil does. He, When you are not connected to God, your, twi- your thinking can be so twisted and distorted because people will be like, well, I don't want anybody to know, but then when you kill her, you're going. the crime will be solved. And everybody will know. And this is the thing. We can hide nothing from God. I'm going to say this three times. We can hide nothing from God. We can hide nothing from God. Everything we do in the dark will come to the light. We cannot hide it. And if we do hide it, it's only for so long. And that's what you see all over plastered on the internet. People's secrets are being revealed. And, it, you know, I don't, it, that, that may be a good thing if it's going to help somebody. But it's not anything that a person can do if they betray you, you're in a committed relationship, is going to come out. Here's where it gets real interesting, and I see this happening a lot, where you have a woman in a relationship with a man. He really doesn't want to be with his wife. So she says, you know what? I know you don't want to be with me. Hey, go out there and have some fun. Do what you want to do. But I'm not going to be in this relationship. And it's almost like this is how this the devil works. He's mad because he can't have his wife, who he doesn't love, and have these other men and women too. It's, it's insane. The devil will have a person's mind so twisted and tangled up that they will, the logic and just basic reasoning, it just goes out the window. But betrayal and infidelity, again, you're talking about pain, agony, suffering, death, because people won't do it God's way. Here's God's way. A man and a woman come together. But that man and that woman, before they come together, They have to already both be connected with the Most High God. And when they put God first, when God becomes the center of their lives, that he is first, and I'm not talking about religion again, because religion will have, see, religion says that for some men, I'm telling you, this is not what I think, this is what I know, they'll have multiple women. Now, they wouldn't wouldn't (laughs) condone multiple men and one woman, but they have multiple women. 
And again, all the diseases and bodily fluids and then how we are as humans when all humans want to feel special. And that's why God made it so that one man and one woman are supposed to come together because that's a human need to feel special, to feel appreciated. You can't do that with three women, five women, you know, and that's what's unfortunate. And so you have that and you have betrayal and infidelity because one thing that's coming out now, you have a lot of men that are into some really sick and perverted practices. So they marry in order to look like they are traditional. There are terms for that. I think they call it the beard. He's the beard where he's just marrying this woman or getting with this woman because he wants to look like he's a good guy. All day, every day, there are women that are catching their husbands in the act of dealing with men and women and they're catching them and they're having to get divorces because of betrayal and infidelity. Again, if you don't want to do this, and there may be somebody listening, and I don't know who it is, they maybe they are struggling with infidelity. I'm here to tell you right now, God's grace and God's mercy could help you, and you have to stop now. Because you think you're cheating on that person, but really you're cheating on God. And again, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, to gain pleasure, to gain material things, to gain fame, and to fame and to lose his soul? What does it profit a man? Absolutely nothing. And again, it, it it's just something we don't want to do. You don't want to engage in that, and you don't have to. Surrender to God right now. Ask him to forgive you. Apologize to God. Plead for him to help you get in good right standing with him so that you can be an honorable man and an honorable father. And I'm telling you what I know, not what I think, I've seen it. When a man will, will honor his wife and take care of his children and love his wife and his children, there are blessings upon blessings that will fall upon that man. And it is it's so powerful. And while people think, oh, I'm getting more by having, you know, all of these sex escapades or sex escapades as they call them, when in the end, you're going to be alone. And you're going to die with that porn collection. That's all you're going to have in the end. And it doesn't have to be that way. Learn how to love one person. One person is enough. If, if that person is with God and you're with God, it could be beautiful. It could be powerful. But it won't work outside of God. It just won't. Here's another really bad situation when it comes to the dark side of sex. Um, I think I mentioned earlier in this episode that one of the things that's most disturbing to me is somebody, in my house we call them the, the network, 
they're pushing for people to engage in practices that cause pain. Practices that go against what is natural for the body. So then you have a situation where you're abusing your body because you're using parts of your body that were not made for certain things. They're not even a part of your sexual um, system. And to to misuse and abuse your body creates so many issues. And then when, you know, again, I've said when your mind, when the enemy, when you let, you got to let the enemy, but let me just go back for a second because the enemy cannot just come in and make a comfortable home in your heart and mind unless you let him. It's just like your, your natural house. If somebody tried to come in here that was uninvited, we would fight almost to the death to make sure he doesn't come in here. If, but if I let the person in, and I let them get settled in, then they're able to do whatever they want. And that's what's happening spiritually. When you let the enemy come in with darkness, your thoughts are so twisted. And those evil thoughts seem just good. And good seems evil. And when you have that, abuse and misuse are bound to follow. You have people fighting to the death to encourage people to do things that's going to end them to have all kinds of cancers and diseases because they're abusing their bodies and they want to abuse the bodies of other people and they want to misuse parts of the body. God has made everything on the body with a purpose. Everything on the body is supposed to be used for a certain thing. And at at the top of the show, we talked about one of the dark sides of sex is our sexually transmitted diseases. And it's because when you misuse and abuse the body, you just increase chances for all kinds of diseases and things to happen because you were never supposed to use those parts for certain things. And I I tell you, it is disturbing that some of this stuff is just normalized like it's supposed to be done. Your mouth has a purpose. Your genitalia has a purpose. Your anus has a purpose. Everything on your body has a purpose. And when you misuse it, problems are guaranteed to follow. Is it worth it? It's not. But again, when you have people who want to engage in sex and their focus is not on making love because Sex and love were never meant to be separated. So when people have sex and it's just about pleasure, well, they will do anything with anyone on any part of the body. Because for them, it's not about love. It's just about pleasure. I'm just going to do this because they get something out of it. The other person may not get something out of it. But they may get, They one person may find pleasure and the other person may not because That person is the one on the receiving end of using a part of their body that it wasn't even meant to be used for that. So then we're, and it's not made like the other parts of the body that are. So then you're talking about a lot of health problems, a lot of issues. And, and you know, I, I still talk about this with my friends. Like 
the medical community is just some they're complicit something's going on there because nobody is talking about this from the medical community and maybe they are and i'm just you know because i don't hear everything and everything but i'm just saying somebody needs to come out there needs to be a public service announcement is like do not use your anus for sex it's not made for that that's not what it's made for it's not about two men or that's it's not about that stuff it's anybody because you have a new thing now you have men that want to um they're bisexual and they want to be with women a certain way they want to be with men and they have to do that with men because there's no other hole to enter and again all it's about is pleasure women let me say this to you please 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 don't let a man convince you to abuse and misuse your body everything on your body has a purpose and when you engage in these perverted acts you really just enable that monster to get bigger and bigger and stronger inside of these men and 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 I know that there are women who are suffering personally I know people who are suffering because of this god this was not god's plan and I'm going to tell you this and I I don't like to ever sound negative because, you know, I have friends. I'm almost 60 years old, and I know people my age, and they want to be, you know, they want, they some of them, they're, they were married. They want to get remarried, and they're my age. They're, some of them are older, and they want to, or some of them have never been married, and they want to be in a relationship. But what's unfortunate is so many of our men have perverted and carnal minds. Now, I spend a lot of time in prayer about this. Um, you know, you, you, you're hearing a lot right now, again, in celebrity world, but in, in just everyday lay people, they're also engaging in all of this perversion and evil really is what it is because those practices do not create life. They create pain and death. That's all they create. Somebody who engages in the misuse of a body part is going to suffer greatly. And that's what's happening. You got all kinds of diseases and disorders. And again, some of these diseases, there are no cure for AIDS. There's still no cure for AIDS. They can give you medication. What's interesting is, I think it's Hulu, they advertise for HIV AIDS medication and what's interesting, one of the, the, the medications will say, well, it's not detectable. Hmm, so that's interesting. Why wouldn't they want it to be detectable in your blood? Now, I took that as, I say you and a person decide you all were going to be in a committed relationship. You decide that you're going to be physically intimate. This is the way I took it. It could be another way. And let's say you say, well, let's go have some tests done. Let's just make sure we're both okay and healthy so that we don't hurt one another and you go get an hiv test but their results are not going to show up because the medication can make it not appear i'm thinking wow that's interesting so now you got people that are out here and they may think they're okay one of the people might think they're okay and they're not so you got a it's a lot of crazy things out here and i'm telling you I'm an advocate for abstinence and celibacy. 
I'm going to do a podcast, God willing, called Secure Through Singleness. You have absolutely nothing to lose. It's not worth it. I don't know who, there has to be something mentally wrong with a person who would sign up for pain. Hey, sign me up to suffer from medical issues, mental health issues, and all these different problems just because you were intimate with a man. I I, I don't know what woman that would want to sign up for that, but it just seems like some women just continue to do it over and over again. And that just shows you when people are spiritually dead. God can resurrect. God can revive. So I'm, I'm doing this episode with the prayer and the hope that somebody will say, I want to live. You know, I talk about this because um, I'm so like a unicorn because I'm so um, happy, you know, being single and my life is so fulfilled. And it's not because of me. It's just because of God's light and love um, just just rain on me. And I just feel so good. But I know there are a lot of people who cannot be do this. And my daughter always tell us, Mom, you know, a lot of women, they cannot do this for whatever the reason. I believe they can. And you know what I always say to her? I say that the reason why women don't think that they can be happy and just be celibate and single is because they've never given themselves a chance to do it. They've never given them, they've never tried it. And maybe at first, because I went through different phases in my life too, maybe at first it is very hard to be single if you had in your mind, because I had in my mind, I wanted to be a wife, I wanted to have children. So I I was fixated on that. And then I thought that was a part of God's calling for my life. I It was not until I started to build my relationship with him when God began to show me that that's not the sum total of your purpose. You can only fulfill that purpose if you can fulfill it. Again, God is not a gangster. He get it. Your marital status is not determined by you. You know, you got a lot of people out there on social media and they identify themselves as life coaches and relationship coaches and they make it seem like you can control your marital status. I have news for you. You cannot. You know who controls your marital status is God. Because you can't make a man love you. You can't make a man commit to you. It does not matter how beautiful you are, how nice you are, how kind you are, how intelligent you are, how righteous you are. If a man is distorted and he has allowed the devil to grip him and put chains on him, there is nothing you can do but pray. And, you know, I'm amazed. People listen and listen and listen. Nobody's getting married. And then maybe out of there, all of the people that listen to them, and I'm not against listening because it could be, and maybe something could help them. But out of all the people that listen, let's say 10% of those people get married. Out of those 10% that do get married, maybe half of them will stay married. And you know why? Because there's a crisis right now. And this is going to sound, you know, maybe gender specific, but it's our men. The enemy works over time to destroy the minds of men. And maybe it's, I'm not a man, so maybe it's easier for them. Maybe the struggle is harder for them to not be carnally minded 
And I, and, and you know, I don't know what to tell a man. I do know, you know, the men in my family, they're all married. They all have wives. They all have children. They all take care of their wives and their children. You know, they're committed in their relationships. And I think that's a solution. But you still have to have a righteous mind. You still have to fear the Lord. Because when you hurt a person, when you abuse a person, even yourself, guess who you hurt and guess who you really abuse? Guess who you're really offending? You've trespassed against God. You've transgressed against God. Excuse me. You have transgressed against the most high God. Your body belongs to him. Your soul belongs to him. Everything we have belongs to him. It's a trick of the enemy to make you think that it's all yours. It's not. And in the end, I'm telling you, I was in that room. I was holding my sister's hand when she took her last breath. I, I don't want anybody to find out in the end. Don't find out in the end. I'm, I'm just here to tell you what I know. Everything belongs to God. And when you think it belongs to you, you would treat it differently than you would. If, because I know that everything I have belongs to God because I know that I can't take my next breath without him. I think differently about everything. And that's what some people need. And it's possible. But again, bad thought therapy, in order to heal your thoughts, you have to first understand that they can be healed. and But they cannot be healed. I don't care what any therapist tells you, um, or psychiatrists tell you they cannot be healed without the Most High God. Now, I, I read a book, and I, I've mentioned this a few times in an episode. Um, as a bookstore owner, one of one of the books, I was just reading everything. Everything we were selling, I was reading. Or everything, little thing I heard about, I tried to read it. And there's this great book called The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog by Dr. Bruce Perry. And Dr. Perry is a psychiatrist. And I learned a lot from that book. I'm back in the classroom, but I was out of the classroom for a while. And I said, oh, I said, oh, my goodness, I wish I had read this book, you know, years ago. But basically now the brain does change, literally change when it goes through stress and trauma. Traumatic moments um, can be very bad. So there are some circumstances where people do need medication. Um, They need to go see a psychiatrist. They need medical help. Um, because there is a chemical imbalance, there's some things going on. But what I liked about Dr. Perry is because he was a medical doctor, he was a psychiatrist, what I loved about him is he wasn't a person that just first went to medication, that he tried to use other therapies and other treatments that were less invasive on the body. Um, but But I understood then for the first time that Sometimes you do have things going on because of these chemical imbalances and things and brain damage, so to speak. Um, and so there are some situations like that. But for this podcast, for most people who listen to this, this is not the case. It's a matter of you understanding that you determine the quality of your life. And the quality of your life is determined by your values and your thoughts. And when you're thinking about sex all the time, there's not much you can get out of life. You can't be your best if that's all you're thinking about is fulfilling your flesh, period. And again, I know a person like that. And I just, you know, it's sad to see when you when you see it, it's like, wow, you know, this person could have been a multimillionaire. Or they could have come up with a new invention, like been another Garrett Morgan. 
And yet, but that's, I know who it is. It's the enemy. It is that demon from hell that will take over. And we got to start closing the door. We got to start fighting. You know, you, you got to start spiritually fighting and, and it's, it's on and popping. You got to get that spiritual warfare going, put on your spiritual war paint and you have to fight because if you don't, that's when we have the pain and the suffering and the agony and it's not necessary. We don't have to have it. So again, you want to understand everything on your body is made for a purpose. Don't let anyone abuse and misuse your body. Don't abuse and misuse your body. You don't have to go through some of the pain you're going through right now. In the name of Jesus, you do not have to go through some of the pain. And if people don't get it, see, I'm one of these people, I believe in living and let living. If somebody wants to engage in perverted acts, I'm not going to try to spend my energy and time trying to change their mind because there are so many other wonderful things I can do. But I am what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to be the person that they abuse and misuse. So it is, you know, let go and let God. I wish you farewell. God bless you and keep you. And I will continue to pray. And that's what I want to say before I go on. What we have to do, because there's so much sickness out there, and it's overwhelming. And I always talk about this on Bad Thought Therapy. Your secret prayers have power. You have to just pray for people. You have to pray that, you know, against the enemy, you know, taking over. They're in cooperation because he can't just come in and dwell in you. But they're in cooperation with the enemy. You got to ask God to help them and strengthen them. And don't, and, and try not to let the anger or the resentment and bitterness take over where you won't pray because sometimes you're like okay I just can't deal with it but we should never give up and we should continue to always pray for those people because if they it, you know that scene in Lord of the Rings and I you know when I watch stuff I always get a spiritual lesson but there's one of the Lord of the Rings and the king really is under like some kind of possession or spell and he's looking all old and he's not able to be his best because he's under the spell of some kind of wizard or something. And then Gandalf comes in and he breaks it. And then all of a sudden the king sees what he's supposed to see. And he's aware now of everything that's going on. It's like that. It's like when people are under that demonic possession, they can't really see life clearly. It's like shells over their eyes. And there is a spiritual blindness that prevents them from being able to let go and resist um and you have to pray that they become that they get their spiritual sight again that God heals that blindness and 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 if not they will die that way they will die that way that's how they will leave this earth and that's a scary thought Years ago, I heard my pastor, Dr. Del C. Bronner, say something so simple in one of his messages one time. And he said, the reason why many people feel bad is because they do bad. It was so simple. And I said, hmm, I never thought about that, but it's true. A lot of the mental health issues come 
from this vicious cycle that when you do bad, there's this inner conflict. It's inside of you because inside of you is this innate ability to discern what is right and wrong. So you you know that you're doing something that you shouldn't do. You have to override that inner monitor in order to still do the evil. Because it's almost like this little tap on the shoulder when you're about to engage in something that is very dark and very perverted, evil. It's almost like this little spiritual tap on the shoulder saying no. When you override that and then they're in a conflict, it creates issues because now there's this inner turmoil. Because you did something, you knew it was wrong, but you did it anyway. And now you're dealing with the guilt and the shame of doing it. And the way that the enemy gets you is you feel so much shame that you won't even go to God. And I used to teach my daughter that when, whenever you do wrong, that is when the enemy is going to make you feel like you should never go to God. But that is the time when you need to go to God the most. It is when you feel pure, unadulterated shame that you need to go and humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And that is how you will get healed. So many people are suffering from mental issues from that. Another thing is this. After you give your body and you have to deal with the sexually transmitted diseases, the unwanted pregnancies, the betrayal, the infidelity, the abuse, because that person never loved you, that is painful. Oh yeah, oh my goodness, that's painful. When you realize that you gave your body and sometimes your mind, your soul, and your spirit, you gave this person everything. And instead of them handling it with care because it was fragile, They took it and they squashed it and they stumped it because they didn't care. That hurts. And when you think about that, you can end up crying yourself to sleep. You can end up inside grieving and mourning the fact that you did that. The regret that, oh my goodness, of all the people on the planet, this is who I give my heart to. Someone who tried to kill me. Someone who went out and had sex with somebody else and gave me a disease. Someone who took the money that they were supposed to use to feed their child. They went and used it for porn or went to the strip club or to sleep with prostitutes, men and women. The pain of that is almost impossible to recover from until you get with Jesus. You, you're going to have to have Jesus then. You got you to have Jesus. Because it hurts. It hurts in a way that is really indescribable. That level of pain. And then there is the issue where you realize you deify this person and you really put this person above God. Because you were so blinded by what you thought was love. You thought it was love, but it was not reciprocated. That person didn't love you from the beginning and only wanted to use you for whatever he could use you for or she could use you for. That is painful and it will cause mental issues. 
And let me tell you how you can deal with this because I've dealt with this myself. There was a point in my life when I thought about a relationship. Um, and when I met this person, um, I just fell in love. And, I, and to this day, you know, I've been in conversation like, well, what determines love? What, what makes you love a person? And at one point, I just concluded, maybe God put love in my heart for this person. But then I thought, well, why wouldn't God put love in his heart for me? Okay, why wouldn't he love and respect me? So I went through a lot with that. But I was, you know, some time had passed. And when you have a piece of paper on your nose, you can't see what's on that sheet of paper. But when you pull that paper back and you try to look at that paper, then you can see everything clearly. So now that I was back, I was away from that relationship, I was just starting to think about things. I was having all these different memories. And I remember I sat in a chair in my living room and I would cry every day. I think I cried like for two weeks straight where I could not stop crying. And I was trying to figure out how did I let myself get there. And then then it went, this is where it got real, real interesting because at first, in the past, I always just looked at the other person, what this person did, what they didn't do, blah, blah, blah. But then, through the Holy Spirit, God started to show me, look, you let this person do this to you. You kept you kept staying in the relationship. You kept letting them do evil towards you. You allowed it. You enabled this person to do it because you could have resisted this person never put a gun to your head or a knife to your throat. And even if they had then, you could have resisted. And when I, that hit me, I was devastated. And that's when I, I started crying. I started having nightmares. I started having flashbacks of different things. But this is how I healed from that. And I want to share this with you. And may it bless you. In the midst of all my anguish, because God needed me to mourn and grieve that way because in essence I had basically made this person my God and God said I don't want you to have any other God before me there is no man that has a hell or heaven to put you in there is no one that will love you more than I will love you and then this is what healed me he said you know you're thinking about what this person did and you're thinking about what you allowed and what you did but here's what you need to remember. I saved you. I kept you. You could have been dead. You could have had a terminal illness. You could have lost everything. And, and, and that's when I started crying again for another two weeks. <laughs> then, it, then it was tears of joy, though. Then I realized God's grace and the prayers of the ancestors and the prayers of my intercessor, Jesus Christ, had come through. And that's how you have to heal your mind because when you're in mental, when you're in sex, when you give your body to someone and they really don't love you or they really want to misuse your body and use it for perversion and all this kind of stuff, you know, you start thinking about that and it, it, it can really get to you mentally. But God reminded me that he saved me and he wants to save you and he's saving you. And you have to go to God and submit and ask him to heal your mind and your heart. Ask him to help you to forgive. At that moment, I had always prayed for this person no matter what. 
Like, I started to realize things they had tried to do to me and they had done, and I was like, oh my goodness. And so I had stopped praying for them. I literally just, my prayers, like, it almost just dried up because I had this awareness and God knew I couldn't handle it until that moment, until that time came because it was like having that paper on my nose. But once I pulled back the paper, I could see. I could see everything clearly. I could see how I almost lost my life several times. I could see how this person just betrayed me, you know, and how I let them do it. It wasn't even about them at a certain I wasn't even thinking about them at a certain point. I was thinking about myself. How could I have done? What, what was wrong with me? What mental illness was I dealing with? But let me tell you, when God said, no, I kept you. I kept you. That's how I healed. And I want you to know you can heal too. And you have to forgive. And that's why I got I was leading up to that. Then I forgave. I thought I had forgiven. But maybe I thought maybe I haven't. And sometimes when you're dealing with flashbacks, because I have a lot of those, I have to revisit the forgiveness. Because I don't let bitterness get in your heart. Because that will cause mental health issues. Don't let bitterness, don't let resentment, let it go. It's not worth it. When you release that person to the most high God and to the universe, that is when you truly become free and you become mentally sound. It is all of these conflicting things inside of you that are part of a mental illness. When you start thinking about the betrayal, the near-death experiences, just the evil. Then you're thinking about why is this person like this in the first place? Like, you know, why aren't you fighting the devil? You know, that kind of thing. But I stopped praying for a while, but then, you know, God kept something in me and the probably person was probably thinking about me and then I could feel that. And so then I began to pray again. And when I prayed again, that's when I had even more joy than I've had before. And that's why I just continue to feel so good. You have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive that other person. When thoughts try to come up from the past, you have to reconcile that the past cannot be undone. You cannot go back and reverse it. You can't undo it. It's over. There's nothing you can do about it. But what you can do is you can remember that God saved you from the past. If you're listening to me right now, he saved you from something in your past. Focus on his power. Focus on the one who solved your problems. Focus on the one who kept you in spite of it all, in spite of your disobedience, in spite of your idolatry. In my case, I idolized this person. I really, I gave this person everything. And in the end, I suffered greatly. I was tormented mentally. It hurt like someone literally, physically stabbed me in my heart because I started thinking about myself and my naivete and and my stupidity and all those things. But God kept me and he will keep you. But you have to let go and when the flashbacks come now, I um, I remember, number one, that that is the past. Because sometimes you can, have, you can have a flashback and then you recall the physical experience of the pain that you had associated with that memory. 
But when God, you ask God to heal your memories and you forgive, now when you remember, you also remember God saved you. And you know how to turn the channel. I don't think about the past anymore because I cannot undo it. I focus on my future. I focus on the now. I focus on all the creative things I want to do. I focus on serving. I'm still serving as an educator. I'm focusing on continuing to do that for maybe another four or five years. I focus on all the love that is around me and within me. That's what you have to focus on. And that is how you heal your mind. Again, there are so many people getting killed because of sex-related issues and problems over and over and over again. You know, you can go on any show, any crime show, all these different shows they got out now, and I can tell you when people's feelings are involved, betrayal is involved, um, you're getting with people that are not committed to you, they don't love you, and at this point, until God heals them, and or unless God heals them, they're incapable of loving you the way you need to be loved and the way that they need to love themselves. And so people's emotional, irrational, and the enemy, and in the end, that's what the enemy wants to do. Kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what happens when you separate love from sex each and every time. And what people don't understand is because sex is a spiritual um, act as well, you start having sex with people and their spirits and energies um, connect with yours because number one, you know, you're naked, you're sharing, you know, very, um, you're literally sharing body fluids and things like that. Um, people, energy and all of this stuff, it starts to um, intertwine with certain things and um, sex can be very powerful and people can feel um, possessive if they are able to feel like they have someone that they can um, be involved with sexually. And that's how a lot of people end up dying. I'm, I'm telling you, you see all these shows, people want to have sex with somebody. It's just lust. It's pure lust. They're already married with a devoted wife, a good wife and um, children. And they got so much to be focused on. But the enemy will get them fixated on this person's um, sexual organ and everything else goes out the window. And I tell you, after money, sex is the second thing that drives a lot of people to kill. The dark, the enemy will just do it. That lust, that perversion, especially when people think that they're going to be in a situation where they're going to get perversion. They don't realize you can't, your body cannot even take Again, I, I'm amazed this stuff that they're promoting out there. Your, your body is incapable of taking it because it goes against your body, the natural body. And um, the people who do get pleasure out of it because they want to engage in it, um, in the end, they will, um, it will catch up with them. Uh, they will be getting, they'll, they'll, they'll be in the doctor's office too. And again, you gotta, you know, I just believe love people and let them go. Love people and let them go. If you're in a bad situation, you have to figure out a way how to ease yourself out of it. You might can't just get up and leave, but a lot of people end up getting killed um, in these uh, relationships. Men, you know, they have extramarital affairs. 
they don't, I don't know what it is and they don't, I, I think it's like they don't want to look like the bad guy. So they try to hide that and they think, I'm going to kill my wife and I'm going to lie and I'm going to set it up. It's some kind of accident or she just disappeared. In the end, everybody's going to know what you did and worse. So that's another dark side of sex is homicide. This is another really sad and dark side of sex. Um, there are higher numbers of suicide among people that practice things that are unnatural and go outside of what God originally intended. And it's hard for some people to take, but I'm going to try to explain it. It comes from the fact that each of us is born with an inner monitor. And that monitor basically allows us to instinctively know when something is right or something's not right. We may not, when we're young, may not understand the extent of that, but we really know we're really born with this monitor. When it's cut on intentionally, it makes us stronger. When it's not, it's still there though. And it may not be as strong, but it's there. So what happens is, again, there's this inner conflict when you override what you instinctively and innately know is wrong and you engage in sexually practices that go against what your body is made for, what you really want to do, and, and, and it creates this conflict. And some people just cannot take the torment of that all. What these people will say is that, oh, it's coming from the outside because people don't want to accept me and people don't like me. And here's the truth. Somebody will accept somebody. There, there, there are groups of people. You are never, you know, like as a teacher, you could just go into the cafeteria. It, you will not see a child sitting alone. That's rare. Because somebody, there's a group for everybody. It's just the fact that this comes from within and it is the enemy. And also what people don't understand is how spiritual warfare works. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. When you try to resist, when that, that stronghold is on you because of things that you might have watched or things that you had heard or experiences that you've had, especially when you were very young and defenseless and you didn't understand it, and these people specialize in seduction and grooming and, and, and all manner of evil, and then again, that conflict when you realize, oh, I was used. And then you, you have a conflict because you feel like you let yourself be used. But you didn't know how not to let it happen. And some people, now I was able because I'm very connected to God. When I started to, um, again, when that paper was pulled away from my nose and I could see things clearly, I really went through some things mentally. And I just, I, like I always have, I prayed my way through. I knew that it was not um, clinical I, because I knew that I was going through just an emotional phase. But there's some people don't know that because they're not connected. And they don't know that they don't have to end their lives. They don't know that God will take away your shame and heal your shame. God will take away 
the turmoil that is inside of you and give you peace. He will give you a peace that nobody on this earth can understand. And yes, while people will try to shame you, they'll try to remind you of your past or whatever mistakes you made. Let me tell you what I know. That I know that I know that I know that God, when you write with God, you feel good. It may sting a little bit that everybody, you know, doesn't want to embrace a new you. They don't want you to forget a mistake you made or something you did wrong. Um, But when God, he'll heal your bad memories. He will heal your body. He will restore your joy when you'll just say, God, I surrender to you. See, what happens when you make people, when you put people above God, there's always going to be an inner conflict. Because God made the sun, not man. God made all the billions and trillions. There's no number. You can't even calculate the number of stars in the universe that God made. That one, that great one that is so deserving of our respect and our honor and our praise and our glory. When you try to put a person or anything above him, there's going to be an inner conflict. And that's why and a lot of people don't get that. And that is why people are in it, up taking their own lives. There are people that, it's amazing to me, you know, there was a guy that came to our school last year, and he's an author, and I won't say his name, because I don't even remember the guy's name. But he was talking about some things that he went through in high school and what his mind was. What I was amazed at, like, you're, he was fixated on sex, sex-related, just fixated on it. And eventually, when he became old enough, he gave in to all of that. But for a lot of people, that fixation is why they feel so bad inside. Because sex is just a very small dimension of your life. There are so many other things that we need to do and can do and should be doing. And again, I've seen it happen when a person is just obsessed Because the enemy has come in. They will not resist the enemy. They're obsessed with sex. And they can't do anything. They can't be productive. And and God made them, I'm talking about with natural gifts, where they could have been a multi-millionaire. They could have been the next Garrett Morgan. Oh, no, the next Thomas Edison. But they didn't want to do that because that's what the enemy wants to do. And so that conflict within... And then he, you know, the enemy is tricky. He's a, he's, he's not your friend. You go out here and you give in to all these things that he whispers and that he puts in front of you, dangles in front of you, and it may feel good for a second. And then guess what you're left with? The memory that you did it. You're left with the memory that you did something that you know, if anybody knew about, you would feel shame about. You feel shame from within Because you know it's wrong. You know it's something you shouldn't even do in the first place. But I'm here to tell you, don't take your life. Don't. God doesn't want you to do that. God loves you. I'm going to say that three times. God loves you. God truly loves you unconditionally. And it doesn't matter what you did. God can forgive you. God can restore you. We have to stop being so worried about what people think. And I I know this is easier said than done because we all have that. We're humans. But we have to just make sure that the opinion that matters the most is God's opinion. 
At the end of the day, it's not about what this person or that person thinks about me. At the end of the day, it is about, am I being pleasing to God? And if you don't want to do something, just say, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. Let's say you've been doing something and you've been violating your own body and you're abusing your own body or letting somebody else do it. Say, you know what, screw you. The only person I'm going to be concerned about is what God says. And he's made my body. And my body belongs to him. My mind belongs to him. My soul and my heart belongs to him. And I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. And you have to let it go. He wants you to live. And here's the thing. I, I have talked about this on a couple of my podcasts. A couple of years ago, I was teaching at a middle school. And I discovered, I don't know how, I don't know if it was conversations we were having about different things, that some of my students had contemplated suicide or they had suicidal ideations. So I started talking to them. They were under a counselor's care too, but I was some kind of way, I I got involved talking to them. And one of the things that many of them said and then I have, you know, some students like now, um, they would always say, well, I just want the pain to end. You know, different things had happened to them. There were different reasons, but usually, I could write a whole book about this, but it, for most people it wouldn't make sense, but I get it because you're dealing with young people. But I would always tell them, I would say, you know, how do you know the pain would end? If you ended your life right now, do you know that your pain would end? There's no guarantee your pain will end. And based on my research, uh, it may not end. Now I really now I really would tell somebody, you don't know if your pain going to end. Because I, 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 I did that research for you. And so um, there, you don't know if your pain is going to end when, when someone dies. We don't know what happens to them. We can um, maybe surmise some things based on the research like pre-death phenomenon, near-death experiences, the people have gone. And everybody, when they were pronounced dead and they went to this place afterwards, did not go to a pleasant place. It was not always a place of peace. Some people went to a place of pain and they came back and turned their lives around. So you don't want to end it. You don't have to. God loves you. We we know we're going to leave. Not to sound morbid. So we don't have to end our lives because we know that eventually God will call us home. In the meantime, you are able to be an agent of light. Over and over and over again, we have examples of people who have transformed their lives. And it is done because of a relationship with the Most High God. Live. He wants you to live. Here is another really dark side of sex is you've got people, again, that get so fixated on feeding their flesh that from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, the only thing they want to do is feed it, whether it's through actually physically having sex, whether it's through porn, strip clubs, you know, and all of this stuff costs money. And you, I know... (laughs) I'm telling you, it's, it's disturbing where people will take their money and they will buy porn and they don't want to buy anything for their child. They haven't bought their child a coat. They haven't bought their child shoes. They haven't bought their child food. 
but they have taken their money and there is no blessing for them until they get right. They don't realize it. I wish they did, but the financial laws. And that's why it's very dangerous because when people get money, this is why you're hearing all this crazy stuff in the media, these people have money. So they think that they can buy, you know, they can buy any perversion or anything that's just going to give them pleasure. And this is the thing, this thing that Jesus taught. What does it profit a man? To gain the whole world, but to lose his soul. Those people may have pleasure, but it's all temporal. And those people get sexually transmitted diseases, get killed, have mental health issues, and all of these things, and it's all sex-related too. But their money actually allows them to do more evil because they have access to do it. Money can be a powerful servant, but a terrible master. P.T. Barnum said that. I saw that quote like 30 years ago. It was just really powerful that money can be a good master, a good servant, but a terrible master. And that's what happened. Then you use that money. But in the end, for those people who don't have that kind of money, I've seen it happen where people just, you know, they lose so money again. They could be a multimillionaire. If they had used their time to do something instructive, if they had tried to love, then they would they would be a multimillionaire. But then maybe God, you know, they would have taken their money when they got the money and made it worse, Lord. So I don't know. But here's the thing, though. So many people are losing out. And, you know, I watch these crime shows and money and sex are the two top things. And usually they're interrelated some kind of way, the money and sex, because some of these men, they have a wife, they have children. But in order to get that person who is able to satisfy their flesh, they got to pay for it. Again, sex and love were never meant to be separated. When God made male and female, when he made men and women, he wanted them to come together with love, his love. His love to be able to make love. And I'm convinced that it can sex can be so beautiful and enjoyable when you do that. It is when you only want pleasure from sex without the love. It's just lust that just is unquenchable. Then you go out and you start trying to spend money to get it, buying prostitutes, pawning people's high school graduation watch to get a blowjob or whatever you got to do. Let me tell you, it's it's not worth it. It's not worth it because in the end, there is pain, there is suffering, there is agony for sin. I'm not one to say, I'm not one to talk about God as a punisher or God, God's wrath. I believe that when we do evil, built into the evil is a consequence. So, for example, if I, if a person goes out here and they have unprotected sex, in the natural world, they're going to have a higher chance of getting a disease because they're out here, you know, exposing their body to other people's bodies. Again, bodily fluids, people have all kinds of bacteria and diseases anyway. And so that is, and so some people might say, well, when they get AIDS or when they get HIV or when they get 
herpes or whatever, you know, God is punishing them. I'm not that person because I understand what's built in to sin is just a natural consequence. There are natural laws. It's like if you, if I would use this example, somebody jumps off a building, the law of gravity prevents them from saying to be able to go in reverse and change their mind. So when you when you separate love and sex, the consequence is you go out here, you waste all your money on things that you should not have wasted it on. You lose because now you don't have you can't have a relationship with the people that you betrayed. You ain't you got diseases, you got mental health problems. It just it that's the natural consequence of that because no one is going to accept a person who is at this point now because now they really starting to see light since COVID die nobody wants to die for sex nobody wants to do that but that's what's happening and so people are losing everything financial loss we'll move on we got one more slide is one another thing that is connected to the dark side of sex I can add so much to this video, but um, I'm going to stop here with spiritual disturbances because STD can not only stand for sexually transmitted disease, it can also stand for spiritually transmitted disease. Sex is layered. It's not just a physical act. There's a spiritual energy that goes, that takes place when sex is had. People bring in energy and spirits. And anytime we're in close proximity to a person, we feel their energy, we feel their spirit. And when you go into a situation where a person really doesn't love you, and they're just using your body only for pleasure, there's no love, there's no respect, there's no care, they could care less if you, in fact, they're trying to kill you. They're trying to poison your food. You know, you're dealing with that. That creates all kinds of spiritual disturbances. And sometimes people don't even understand that's what's happening. They don't even know that's what's wrong. And then this person is coming in this situation with a lot of darkness. They are perverted. They have done evil things. They have evil thoughts. And now you're sharing your body with them. And again, there's this conflict because inside of you, we innately know God built us to be spiritual beings. In fact, some people say we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So we can feel that energy and those spirits. And, you know, now, at, now that I'm older, I'm almost 60 years old, I can understand, you know, sometimes like you, you're around a person and you just don't feel right. You just, there's something going on there. And you're like, something isn't right, but it's because in order for that person to engage in the perversion and the darkness, they have to have a certain spirit. The devil is in them. And they're not trying to resist the devil. You know, and let me just say this. Anybody can fall short. That's why I don't judge because I get it. See, I understand how the spiritual realm works. So I get it. The enemy can trick you. He can deceive you. Anybody can be gotten. And this is why we have to put on our spiritual armor 
And we have to understand we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against these spiritual entities and principalities and, you know, in dark places. And that is why you got to put on your spiritual armor and you have to fight. And sometimes when you're dealing with so much, it's hard to fight, but you got to fight, but you got to get God to help. You can't do it by yourself. He will be your shield. He'll be your buckler. He'll, he'll tear everybody up. You just got to surrender to him and let him fight your battles and resist the enemy. Submit to God. Because if you don't, these spiritual disturbances will come because you can't be around darkness. If you're of light and you're around a person who's doing a lot of dark stuff, they sleeping with everybody, you know, they, they smoking, drinking, watching porn every day, you're going to feel that. And then it's going to create this conflict if you're not like that. So in order to have peace, you have to let people go. Um, give up this job of trying to change people. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a strong believer in praying for people, forgive people, bless them and release them, but you cannot be around them. You know, you cannot be around them because that darkness will come in your presence and most people, what I've learned, you know, again, going back to all the stuff that's on the news and, and on the internet and the entertainment business is most people, they're, I don't know what this is about. It's so hard for them to confess. Like, even if you were to confront that spiritual part of them and try to help them, they're not going to confess. And that's the only way that they can heal. They have to admit it first. And they're not going to say you know, they're not even going to apologize. I'm telling you what I know. People are just straight up wrong. And they they just, they will not admit it. They 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 won't because that's what the enemy wants them to do. And they will, they and maybe they can't even see it. You know, now that I think about it, I'm talking through it and working through it mentally. Maybe they can't even see it because the enemy, again, he will distort your mind. He will blind you if you let him, if you're not fighting with Jesus. And so you're around them, you can't be around them, and you definitely don't want to have sex with them because then it will create all kinds of issues. And then they want, you know, a lot of these men, now I'm talking to women, um, they watch all this porn. And this stuff is created by people straight up from hell. And I, you know, I'm, we, we got to start praying about them straight because it's, you know, it's dark. So what happens is people watch it and then they want to come and enact it with somebody. It could be you. And you're like, what? It, the what? But again, it's because people, when they don't love you and they don't love God, more importantly, they, and they're fleshly and they're carnal minded. As we started out, we talked about that scripture to be carnal minded is to be death, but to be spiritually minded is to have uh, life and peace. They're carnal minded and they don't, you know, they, they just want to do what they want to do. And that means with anything and anybody and you around them and they're carrying that energy with them. And it just becomes anything goes and it just creates so many problems. Go to God and seek out his peace. And I'm telling you what I know. There will be a preternatural peace that you yourself won't even understand. You'd be like, wow. But most people, when I'm in this conversation, especially with my daughter, 
I, I think that most women don't know that they could have peace and be alone. And I'm not, I'm not pro like, oh, be by yourself, be alone. But the problem is that if there are no available men, if you don't see any righteous men, what are you going to do? It's not like going to the grocery store and saying, I want to buy some popcorn and I'm just going to go get it. I'm going to get what flavor I want. It's not like that. You cannot control your marital status. A man has to want to commit and be righteous. And if they don't, what I'm saying is stop trying to make that happen. Pray and have peace. And if it happens for you, it's beautiful. If it doesn't, it's still beautiful. Because there's nothing, you can't make it happen and you don't want to force it to happen. And what you don't want to do is just be with a man and then be going through hell. And all these things I mentioned, you know, you're risking your life. You don't want it. You don't want it. I'm hoping and I'm praying for revival that God will raise up a man, a real man, who will be able to teach our men about God. Not it, not from a religious perspective, but teach, help teach men how to have relationship with God, how to resist these demons, how to love and appreciate their wives and their children, to love them with their whole heart so that they can be blessed by God. Because there's, I'm telling you, there's a triple blessing. When a man will love God, then he'll love his wife and his children. I'm telling you, that man will be so blessed. And those who don't, they don't get it. They don't get it. And there's nothing you can tell. Like I said, I don't know. It's a reparate mind. Has the enemy just totally blindfolded them? I don't know. But you will have spiritual disturbances if you're around them. You won't have peace. Because their darkness is like a residue. And then when they leave, it's like their residue is still there in that space. You have to really detox and pray and rebuke that space. You have to almost do like a little exorcism of that space because it's when I tell you it's real, it's real. All right, here is the last quote. Sex can sometimes be the most horrible of tasks by Charles Buskowski. And I just found that quote, and I know that sex can be beautiful, but it can only be beautiful when it is connected to love. And when you are in a committed relationship with someone who loves the Most High God and loves himself, and therefore he's able of loving you and respecting you and understanding the body that God made for us and how to use it, and but if it's not like that then it can be really bad there are a lot of dark things that can happen and it's happening all day every day people are out here dying and like i said i am still i'm just so disheartened because i see where people are being encouraged to override pain and you know that's sick um it's hurting you to do some of these sexual practices and yet people are saying oh just go ahead on and do it when it's not only um, pain, but it's agony and it's suffering, and then eventually death. A lot of people are dying in the situation, and so um, it is the people of light, the agents of light. We need to continue to pray because 
I can't say this enough. I'm an idealist. I believe God can heal. I don't care where you are. God can forgive. But um, and he can he can turn your life completely around. I don't care who it is and what you've done. And you don't have to deal with the horrors and the dark side, but you have to come to God's side. I want to just invite you um, in by just encouraging you to just surrender. Everything we have belongs to him. Our bodies, our minds, our money, whatever you think you got that's valuable, it belongs belongs to him. You're not going to take it with you. He's letting you be a steward over it. I heard, um, and I'm going to do a podcast on this later because there were so many gems from Cat Williams's um, interview that he did with Shannon Sharp, which has just broken the internet by storm. Um, but um, this interview was enlightening, and I think a lot of people missed the point. There were a lot of life lessons from his interview, but he said something about. Uh, the devil can't bless or something like that. And I want to say years ago, I heard my mom say something and, it, and I, it just kind of made me think she was like, well, the devil blesses people too. And I was like, okay, could he, you know, cause you, sometimes you wonder, okay, how do all these people, they're engaging in all kinds of debauchery and evil. And then, you know, it just seemed like they're still getting ahead. And so after hearing Cat Williams and going back and reflecting on what my mother said, because I spent a lot of time thinking about that for a second, I realized that the devil can give people things, but he can't bless people. That's what I came up with. The devil can give people things because it's all about deceit, right? That is the devil's number one tool is to deceive you, to make you think like you're going to get away with it, to make you think like the feeling of pleasure is greater than the feeling of righteousness and knowing that you're in right standing with God. Make you think like, you know, make you forget about the fact that your life is going in, okay? And what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So the enemy can give you things. <coughs> Excuse me. He cannot bless you. What you don't want is to get something from our spiritual enemy. What we want is to be blessed by God. And one of the most beautiful blessings by God is to to be able to love a person who loves you completely without complete understanding. You and he love each other. You commit to one another. You commit to God and letting God guide everything you do. And when you don't override the inner monitor that says, I'm not supposed to be doing this. This is not how I'm supposed to use my body. This is not, I'm not supposed to be having sex with multiple partners. In the natural, to me, it's so clear. It makes sense. We're talking about bodily fluids. We're talking about disease. It's so easy. You know, I remember being in a conversation with someone who, because of his religion, believed in like, um, is it polygyny or polygamy? You know, I, I don't know what they call it, but you know, they believed in having like multiple wives because again, the misuse of the Bible, not the Bible, but the misuse, the Bible, I'm just going to say it one more time. It's not a book that fell out of the sky. This is a book that was written by men. It's a compilation of stories of how people lived. A certain group of people lived at a particular time 
how their relationship with God was, how God responded to them according to the stories and different people are featured. So, but some people, religious people, they say, okay, the people in the Bible had slavery so we could have slaves. The people in the Bible had concubines and they had more than one wife so we can have it. So this one guy was talking to him and, you know, he kind of believed in this. And the only thing that was in my mind was, how do you deal with all the bodily fluid? Like you, the disease, you're sleeping with different women, you know, and you're probably not using um, a condom or anything. And it's like, and, and, and to me, in the natural that wouldn't be right. That would be so risky when you think about how easy it is to um, to get a disease, to be infected. So um, I, I just want to say, you know, just remember that you don't want to be given something because the enemy will give you that. He give you a whole bunch of people to have sex with, men and women. But God wants to bless you, and your blessing comes when you and that other person become as one. When a man, and I'm talking about what I've seen. I've seen this over and over again. When when a man will just, I'm telling you, when he will submit to God and he will love his wife and love his children the way and let the love of God comes through him to his wife and his children, that man, I haven't seen one yet suffer. That man is blessed more than any other man. That's a fact. So don't let sex and lust and perversion destroy you. It does not have to be that way. I'm going to say a little short prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share. May your glory, your light, and your love shine through this podcast. Let every listener know that you are real and that you can heal their minds, you can heal their bodies and their souls, Lord. I pray that they will come to you humbly and sincerely and ask you to restore them, to restore their mind, to take off the blindfolds that the enemy has put on, to untwist the thoughts that have been twisted by the enemy. They are healed in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Well, I cannot say goodbye or see you later until I say thank you, thank you, thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube or listening, if you're listening through Spotify, I want to say how much I appreciate you. I hope you will subscribe and share. Um, I And most important, I just pray that this is a blessing for you. I'm sharing this again with love in my heart. Um, I can't judge. I can't condemn. Um, I am not God. I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. But I do know that God wants you to have the best life possible. And you cannot have it separate from him. And if you try to do that, your mind about sex and your thoughts about sex will not be what they need to be. Sometimes we don't really know how happy we could be on the other side. Because we've never given ourselves a chance to experience the other side. And it's not worth hanging on to whatever the enemy has. And I said this before, you know, the enemy gives. Satan gives, but he does not bless. Let God bless you in every dimension of your life. 
When you are in a committed relationship, sex and love make life so much more beautiful. Take care.